Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there, guys, and welcome to this episode. It's episode number 21. So firstly, welcome to everyone listening today. I'm so happy to just have you guys with me today, listening through this episode and just learning and expanding that mindset and just growing that mindset to the point where we can start moving forward and thrive in possibility in our everyday lives. To all the new listeners out there, if it's your first time listening, uh, then just please hit that subscribe button so you just stay tuned to the show and you know, don't miss out on any future episodes as there's a lot of awesome stuff, uh, some awesome content, some awesome speakers, guest speakers coming on to just share with us so much new practical um, tips and insights and wisdom as we go forward in this journey of growing, uh, you know, a mindset that will help us move and go forward. Having said that, we also have a free Facebook community on uh, Facebook. And uh, yeah, you can join that from where into action and just where we will chat more on all the episode topics, help each other discuss things and just sort of move forward as a community and just collaborate, you know, as we move towards becoming a higher version of ourselves. Before I introduce today's guests, I'm sure that most of you, like myself, live in a world where, you know, work is changing. Work is constantly redefining itself and things are going so fast, you know, in this world that we live in. And for that reason, I decided to get a woman by the name called Annette Miller. And she is like specialized in the field of future of work, you know, in flexibility of work. And uh, myself and Annette spoke about things related to obviously future of work. We spoke about things like, you know, uh, digital nomads and whether that's something that everyone should be looking at or doing or, you know, how you can benefit from that and why people should be learning to earn. That's like a thing that's going, been going around and I just wanted to get into that of why it's absolutely necessary. We also spoke about how people can adapt in this new culture of work and also who, you know, the, you know, the new generations are that are actually thriving within this uh, culture that we are experiencing. So a little bit about Annette before we jump in is she's just a very experienced and also a very inspired entrepreneur within the technology and finance industry. Uh, she previously basically founded the dot NXT, uh, company, which is basically one of SA's or South Africa's first innovation consultancies. In 2014, Annette was recognized by Forbes as one of the top 10 female tech founders to watch in Africa. So having said that, you can obviously see now that she's quite, she's, she's going to have something to back all of that. And she's such a sort of the uh, speaker. So her work just always inspires and she does so many amazing things for countries. I actually met her at this one conference that I went to in uh, Cape Town called Catalyst Africa. And she just inspired me, like her work inspired me, what she does, her vision of life. And I just decided, let me sit down and speak with her on the topic of work, since that's something that everyone can resonate with, especially the type of work that we are moving towards. You know? um, so let's, 
let's jump into the future of work. Let's jump into the flexibility of work. And as we go forward, I would just like you to think about how you are thinking about work in the next 10 years. Is your work uh, definitely going to be around in the next 10 years? Are you thinking about how you are going to adapt when things change? And are you actually learning to earn? Are you learning? Are you a self-learner? Because that's the thing that's going to keep you moving forward in this day and age. But having said all of that, let's jump into this episode and see what, what it was all about. Hi there, Annette, and welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm super stoked to just have you on the show today and talk everything around, you know, flexibility of work and where it's going. Super stoked to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited about the conversation and what we're going to explore today. <laughs> awesome. So let's, let's jump into it. But before we get into like the nerdy gritty and the just of everything, who is Annette? So let's jump into who you are, just so we have some context on what we're going to speak around. Tell us a little bit about who Annette is and why you're here today. I'm rainbow bright from a different planet and I come to <laughs> sprinkle rainbows and unicorns. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, although I did really like rainbow bright as a kid. Um, you know, I guess going all the way back, I grew up on an apple farm in the Eastern Cape and then found myself um, in university in Spain and afterwards studied in Cape Town and then just been trying to build little businesses. I had one real job um, at Naspers, which lasted for just over a year, which was very um, interesting. And I think partly why that was so significant for me was that I always struggled with this concept of going and working in an office, but still I really enjoyed business and the commercial side of um, society and economics, but I, I couldn't really find myself sitting inside an office. So unless I became like a game like driver or a tour guide or a tennis coach, um, I wanted to be able to move around and not be confined to the same place every day, but still do business. So yeah, I, I remember sitting in traffic in Johannesburg on my way to Auckland Park and I was just like, this is so bizarre. Here, all these humans are sitting in their cars driving to um, work and then every day I get to work and I literally had a cubicle and yeah, I just, I felt really um, trapped. So mm. it, it was a long thing coming that I wanted to work in different ways. Consequently, I started my own consulting firm, which gave me an element of um, that corporate freedom, if I can call it like that, because we had different clients and we were always going to their offices and we were working on different projects, but it was still pretty traditional in the way that it was run in terms of we had our own office and we had consultants and we had team lunches. And then after I sold that business, I personally wanted to go and travel, but somehow made the mistake to have a little startup on the side, which is a very expensive mistake to have. But what I've learned from that experience was that we can actually like work and travel. And that's when I sort of really get into um, the world of flexibility and the future of work and co-working spaces and digital nomads and um, outsourcing and all these, these lovely things, which I'm sure we're going to talk about today. Awesome stuff. So f for those that don't know, what is a digital nomad? Just so people have context, because some people don't even know. Uh, I know. Um, so I think the official definition I would have to Google quick, but uh, my definition of it would be, it's just someone that works and travels. And there's a lot of 
jobs these days that allow you to do that. So whether you're a graphic designer or a coder or a business coach, or I've even met some psychologists and architects that um, work and travel, or they work only on their computer. And I guess that's where the digital part come from. The nomad part typically comes from that they do not actually live anywhere. A lot of these digital nomads that I met all over the world, they, they don't live anywhere. They just what they own is what they have with them and they go on different retreats. They spend a lot of time in Southeast Asia. They Airbnb or stay in like um, collective houses. And I know it, it always looks very glamorous because the pictures on Instagram is me with my laptop and a cocktail. But the reality is these digital nomads have to like go from coffee shop to coffee shop, find Wi-Fi, often like doing calls um, in strange places. So. So yeah, but there's definitely a massive rising trend and I think the the freedom, the benefits of having your freedom and the ability to see the world outweighs the downsides of working while you're doing it. Yeah, cool. So for those listening, um, would you say that it's applicable to sort of like anyone? Because you, you speak about traveling, you speak, speak about freedom in a way, and I just want to know if it's applicable to like every single person listening or is it more to the people that are sort of like just coming out of school or people that are single because why do people do that have families and that in this case like do they travel as a family and just like the parents they you know they do whatever they need to do like the examples you just gave and then the kids go to different schools around the world like even as i'm saying this that idea to me sounds like very exciting but like i just want to get your take and your perspective on that so most of the people that I met along my working travels were either single, recently divorced, um, taking a sabbatical, taking time out, or the full digital nomads were either a couple that travels and kind of works together, or um, but mostly people without children. However, having said that, a sample of maybe um, five, <laughs> there has been some people close to me, I think, that have like been sort of or partly inspired by this new way of living and working. And my sister, for example, and her husband decided to take on this flexi working lifestyle. And they have been staying in different locations. They've got two beautiful kids. The kids are not in big school yet. Um, Jean is in grade one now. And it's not without its challenges. I mean, there's real things to like think about, but I think this concept of no, being nomadic isn't new. You know, the gypsies or the like traveling the hippies or the people who go on expeditions or you hear of these families that sail around the world and they get homeschooled. Like, I don't think it's new. I just think what is new in the world is that it's happening within a corporate environment. So you can still have a commercial job and now experience or enjoy this kind of lifestyle. But your other question was, is it for everyone? I think it's the same as any other hobby. Like it depends on your interests. Like some people don't like traveling necessarily all the time. You know, traveling is constantly out of your comfort zone. You give up a lot of your like Western comforts. You wear the same clothes every day. You don't have that like um, structure or routine that you may be used to a like more non-nomadic environment or in like a traditional household environment. So I think it depends on your personality. It depends on what you want out of life. It depends on what gives you adventure. Like 
in our world, when we talk about flexibility, we do talk a lot about like adventure, like what is your adventure? And that could be traveling, but that could also just be spending more time with your children. That could be reading more. That could be spending more time outdoors or doing the sport that you love. So flexibility and the freedom that that gives can mean many different things to many different people. It just sounds like uh, these two scenarios help you to sort of like gain freedom in a way or just gain some form of learning through travel. And I know you did some traveling as well. So obviously you find a lot of value in travel and I'm assuming it's part of uh, the learning process for you. Do you find that you learn more um, by actually traveling the world, seeing different cultures, experiencing different people, instead of just sitting in a classroom or whatever, like in one space? For this, for this case, just sitting in one space and just getting the content being um, pushed to you instead of you going out into the world and being able to see and experience more. Of course. I think it depends how many binoculars you drink while you travel. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. Um, of course, when you, when you travel and you, you're exposed, I think the key word is exposure. So when you're exposed to so many different things, you... Firstly, I'm by no means a neuroscience. We need to get someone really smart. But from what I've read um, online and what I've learned so far is that it opens up new pathways in your brain, literally. So you're actually literally like opening up your brain and um, new experiencing, especially getting into new places, gives you a certain level of serotonin. So there's happiness that comes with it. Um, So absolutely, the learning curve is big. But having said that, I have also really learned that there's some significant learnings that comes from being very grounded and being able to be um, stable in one place and not constantly seek um, the movement in order to find like the growth and the learning. So I think both are really relevant. And when I did quite a bit of sort of research on freedom and why do I personally crave so much freedom and how do we give this freedom, the true meaning of freedom is actually the ability to choose. So that is what it's all about. And what we've learned in the workplace is that some people will choose to work from home. Some people will choose to work from the office. Some people will choose to work fewer hours and maybe like open up their computers over weekends and other people will choose to just get it all done in a long sprint day. But the flexibility in the workplace, the ability to choose, not necessarily saying, okay, everyone works from home on a Thursday. That's not flexibility. That's rules and regulations. Um, so flexibility is really about having that ability to choose. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds that sounds quite fascinating, um, the definition that you just gave us. And I think if everyone can take that question, like what freedom means to you, it could be such an empowering question just to start finding out what it means to you and then start applying it into your, into your workspace. Um, the next question that I have is, it's, it's basically about your mission. I, f- I find that your mission is to sort of like automate work and to just spend time more wisely. That's what I could find. Uh, just tell us more about like, what is your approach to that? Like, is it, are you doing that through your company, which is now Flexi Force, which can probably expand on a little bit more or what, what, how are you approaching that? Which I just said, the mission of automating work and spending time more wisely. Are you doing that through Flexi Force? Yeah, so I think so. I think my my mission and my purpose is really trying to enable people to spend time more wisely. Of which it's deeply rooted in these concepts we just addressed. You know, like having freedom to spend time where it matters. Um, of course, in an ideal world, when I put on my unicorn hat, we want to 
change the whole world instantly. But what I've learned is that we can only really tackle one of the problems. And one of the problems that I have noticed, we have the saying that go from busyness to business at FlexiForce. And what I've noticed in the working world is that people are really busy, including myself. And we're so busy, busy, busy. And a lot of what we do is actually meaningless administration or having like spending a lot of time wasted on clarifying agreements or um, pieces of work or relationship structures. Like there's just a lot of time that's wasted on like administration. So at FlexiForce, we really serve that purpose of spending time more wisely by automating some of the very mundane administrative tasks around working together. So there's a lot of software and a lot of automation and a lot of platforms and a lot of technology out there that already tackles the relationship for full-time employees. And that's a whole different world. But we really looked at this rising new pool of um, freelancers, consultants, independent contractors, um, small to medium suppliers. And eventually it kind of just expanded into your entire supply database. So the people that actually help you, you help run your company, help build your company, help servicing your company, those are all your suppliers, the people that you work with. And there's a lot of administration and time that gets wasted in navigating those relationships, but also the underlying administration. So the way we serve our mission is that we just use technology to take some of those time-wasting activities like contracting and scheduling payouts and invoicing and ordering and like all those very mundane but very stretched out tasks like vendor onboarding for example i don't know if you've ever worked with a corporate or ever been onboarded as a vendor but it can be a three-month process i mean it isn't saying compliance and like paperwork around it and the red tape it's it's really not rocket science it's just about like digitizing and introducing further automation within that space and then you open up time for teams to actually have more important conversations like what goals are we trying to reach like how much money is this going to make or like how are we going to like solve this problem rather than just end up getting our brains and our energy and our time on admin yeah, that definitely makes sense. It, it opens up so much time. And that I think you just answered that so beautifully on, on automating so much mundane work, things that can be automated for that reason, and also allowing them uh, time to be spent more creatively and being more engaged with your, your people and your community or whatever you're doing in the, at the end of the day. And then this leads me to the idea of, of does this enable something like a flexi career for people? Because now you have the ability to use a platform like yours and you have the ability to automate tasks. Perhaps you can now start looking at having a more flexible career. And, and that's why I'm putting it a flexi career. And I, and I don't know whether that's within your definitions or within your vocabulary at your, your company, but would you just expand on what you think about that would be like the, the flexi career? Like, is that something that you are trying to move people into and allow people to have? So interesting question. Um, I know it's very confusing to the market out there and perhaps we should have completely rebranded when we changed the <laughs> business. But the previous business that I had a couple of years ago was called Flexi People. And in Flexi People, we were exactly focusing on enabling these flexible careers. But for 
various commercial reasons, we decided to close that business. One being that there was no point in going up against Upwork and Fiverr, which are these top job marketplaces, which is what they're called. These platforms that connect kind of people who want to go a flexi career with um, companies who are looking for people to do work. So we ended up closing that business. But what I can share about what I've learned about these platform businesses is that the previous career was very linear. Um, previous education was very linear. You kind of went into primary school, you went into high school, there was a curriculum, you went into university, and then in the workplace, you became an intern, you became an associate, you became a manager, you became a director, and eventually you're 65, you've got a broken back, you're finally retiring with too little money, a lot of physical pain, too much stress, and you've never seen the world. And I think the generation that... Um, had to watch that in their parents, call them the millennials, I guess, were frightened by the lifestyles and the, um, and I guess the, the, the very predictable way of how those lives turned out alongside the financial crash that happened and, the, and people starting to question the viability of the way that the working world from a societal perspective was structured. And, Alongside that, there was a trend of technology. So these kind of three things blended together and enabled this new flexible career where you can now, as a 65-year-old, go online, study a coding course and start coding. You can, as a 17-year-old, create an Apple iPhone app and start selling something. I mean, I've met literally kids who have built very successful businesses off selling gaming apps on Google Play. So... At the same time, you also have youngsters trading with cryptocurrency, but the same you have like um, gray hair guys becoming Uber drivers because they don't want to be alone at home. Um, and you have women who start managing Airbnb properties who may not have previously worked. So, so I think there's definitely a non-linear career and we've seen a change in education that feeds into that as well. And we've also seen um, the workplace being a little bit more um, promiscuous. So people don't really work at one company for 15 years anymore, which was pretty standard in the past. It's kind of like two years here, two years there. And whether that's good or bad or looks good on a CV or not, it's actually irrelevant because it's already happening. Um, people want change. People want flexibility and freedom. So yeah, definitely no longer a linear career. It's, far more non-linear. Awesome. Yeah, there's two things that I can take from, from what you just said. And the one is uh, a question which I think we can ask ourselves as well. It's, it's like, are we enabling and embracing new ways of working? So are we trying to seek those new ways um, of working that are becoming available and are we embracing those new ways? So that's the one thing which I think is like quite a key insight for people to take with them. And then the other is the idea that you mentioned about being able to sort of like have this new skill on demand and being able to do different styles of work and so forth. And I think that's going to lead me into the next part. And that's the fact that we've been given or we are being given more and more responsibility to learn and adapt and get the skills required to do these types of jobs. I mean, you know, like you can learn one thing in, in a year and then in the next year or two, it's going to be irrelevant. So 
that brings me to something that I heard you say previously. And you said it was like a key thing in one of your presentations and it was learn to earn. And I just want to jump on that and, and why you say that and how we can benefit from that. Oh, absolutely. So I think because this notion of um, getting a job and having this false sense of job security is kind of being lifted, I feel like the world is lifting that a little bit. Um, and alongside that, all these new opportunities that we have or that the kids have today to be able to travel, to be able to work on mission-orientated businesses that they believe in, um, I think alongside all of that, you still need money. And that's why it's such an important um, thing for me to try and um, promote into the world at it from a very young age is the ability to learn to earn so that you can embrace all these platforms and you have a basic knowledge of what does it take from me to be able to support myself and how, what skills do I need to manage myself like a business? That's like the first thing that happens, you know, in, in our world, now we, in a FlexiForce world, we just provide the software to businesses and the software helps those businesses to manage their supplier database. But what we have also learned from this is that a lot of people who step into this new working world where they start effectively working for themselves, but they call themselves solopreneurs or freelancers or consultants, one of the key mind shifts that you need to make, which a lot of people don't do, you need to move away from employee to supplier. That's the key thing. There's nothing actually in between. There is no such thing as like a, a part supplier or a part employee because you're not. You're, you're either like an employee and you have a very dependent relationship with your company of which you can still have levels of independence, but ultimately you will get a salary at the end of the month. Or you're in a more independent um, engagement or relationship where you're responsible for your own earnings and therefore you take on that role of being a supplier and your person that you do work for is your client. So a lot of people, when they move into this flexi career, still think boss. And that was one of the key things that I, I saw was the biggest challenge and success factor as well. People who survived in the flexible world were people who instantly saw the people that they were working with and for in this new flexible world as clients, not employers or boss a client or a partner or, you know, it was the sense of we working together. I'm not working for you. And, and I think that's like one of the key things that speaks to learn to earn is the softer skills as well as the harder, more financial skills, basic principles of business when you buy and sell, whether it's services or products, understanding the concept of trading. As we get more and more responsible, because it sounds like we, we are becoming entrepreneurs in a way, like more and we, more people are going to have to be entrepreneurial at least in their approach. Um, like you just explained the uh, entire concept of you being the supplier to a, a client. And in a way, I'm, I'm viewing this as in a visual way, like you're just a component being plugged into different areas. And that's your way that you function. You're not completely dependent on them how you would be as an employee, you know, opposed to being a supplier and being that entrepreneurial type of person. Um, but as we get more and more of this responsibility, we are going to require more, more skills and perhaps more skills in the sense of things like curiosity, things like creativity, and those sort of things that we need to self-learn. So how do we go about sort of like getting those types of thing, things and traits and skills? Because that is not taught in 
your sort of academic um, institutions. It's not taught every day in schools. How did how do you find people adapt in that sense, and how can people get those skills to sort of like thrive in this sort of new culture that's coming coming up and this new future way of working? How can people, if they go into this route and they find themselves there, because they are going to need it? I found it myself, and I just want to get your perspective on that on that subject. Yeah, it's really tough. I guess the the one thing that I did. In the absence of any formal education, it's self-learning, which I think is one of the key characteristics or abilities that will also determine success in this world. So if you have the ability to self-learn, you're, I think, automatically going to be better to learn to earn because you have that ability to self-learn. And I think one of the key attributes that's underneath self-learning is curiosity. Um, I know Mark Shuttleworth always used to say this to people, is that if we want to save Africa or you want to give your child a gift um, or one skill, it's like teach and allow them to be incredibly curious because that curiosity drives self-learning. And that means you have to figure it out for yourself, like go online, um, attach and surround yourself with the right people, force yourself to have different exposures. Um, I think that's the way that you learn. And then, of course, also by doing it, like just doing something small from a young age, and learning by doing. So, yeah, I, d- I think, of course, there is people, and I mean, I actually don't really um, even what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I guess you could go do your MBA, or you could go <laughs> read a lot of business books. But in my opinion, um, those are typically very dangerous because that's not the reality. Like, that's not how it works in the real world. In the real world, it's like basic life principles. Like how do you maintain really good relationships? How do you, like, how are you incredibly responsible? How do you take accountability for everything? How do you manage people and lead them and ensure that they deliver and they're motivated to perform? Like these are the hard things when you become a full-blown entrepreneur. Um, but but yeah, there, there is no... There is no handy guidebook. If there was, we would all be reading it and everything would be easy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's not a straight path as you've seen before in so many images where they just like say it's not, there's no one way also. It's just at the end of the day, oh, are, you, yeah, are you curious enough to, to, to learn? Are you hungry enough to break through the barriers? Are you courageous enough to get over your fears and just tackle this new thing that people are sort of like struggling with? struggling to adapt to and struggling to sort of just um, put themselves into. So I, th- I think there's a lot of self, like you said, self-learning, self-awareness sort of exercises that you need to start doing and thinking about to um, change your perspective, as you said earlier, on, on some things and um, embrace these things. And you mentioned Mark Shuttleworth. Now, I just want to know what inspires, why, why does he inspire you? I've heard you speak about him previously as well. And it's something about NASA or it's something about, is it something about space for you? What is it? Yeah, I definitely am inspired by the concept of going to space. I have been very um, interested in a world other than the one that we are able to make sense of in um, the context that we're living in right now from a very young age. It's not really something that I learned or read in books. I just remember from a kid, I was always fascinated by what happens in other worlds? Well, firstly, having this strong, like, 
internal knowledge that there are other worlds and that it exists and that we're the, just this tiny little thing. I remember when I used to get really upset as a kid um, that I used to just think, oh, you know, actually it doesn't really matter because if I zoom out, we're like this tiny little pin in a tiny little place on a tiny little planet in a tiny little, little massive big universe and it's actually okay, I can do whatever I want because the world is so big. <laughs> and I guess Mark Shuttleworth, I, I guess I respect people who believe and are crazy enough to believe that they can do big things and then actually go and do it. I think my respect really lies in execution. So I think there's a lot of people with great ideas, myself included. I've had some personally, if I think, fabulous ideas, but you really separate um, at a level from those who actually then get it done, who actually manage to execute. And I know so little about these big businesses. I've never built a business, even a fragment of that size, but just a little bit I know about building smaller businesses or managing like slightly bigger businesses. Um, there's a lot. It's a, it's a massive sacrifice and commitment to the cause that I think a lot of people on the street have no idea of because it's something you can only really fathom once you've experienced it. And therefore I have so much respect for these entrepreneurs that have built these like really big businesses and changed the world to a certain degree and not from a warm and fuzzy perspective, from like an execution perspective. Like I know what that took. The, just the pure number of relationships that they would have to have managed within that time is like, I think most people can't do that. Most people can't handle that um, quantity of engagement and relationships that they're holding, the spaces that they're holding, the problems that they're solving on a daily basis and the pressure that comes with it. Um, yeah, there's, there's something very inspiring in that. Awesome. I, th I think that's why I resonated with you in a way because in, a, in the same sense, people are definitely, because how, how I see it as you are admiring and respecting Mark and then others, I'm sure like Elon and those types of guys who are creating such big things in the world. And like you, like you said, it's your execution, but then also there are others who are looking up to you today who are saying they are respecting and admiring you. That's hence why you're on the show. It's, it's a way... <laughs> it's a way to explore the possibility of another thing, which is not in range yet for, for another type of person, but you've been there, you've done this sort of thing. And now you are going sort of like reaching and going out for that next level. And I think that's why I'm saying like, I resonate because you are looking for those types of people. People are looking for you. We all in the same thing, um, just from a different perspective at the end of the day. So I just thought I'd put that out for you as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm getting like sort of to the end, but I've got a three, four more questions and it's got to do with something that you mentioned. It was a talk, uh, I think for some, a business school. And by the end, you mentioned a generation that I haven't heard about. It's called the I generation. And okay. you said that they are independent, informed, instant and inspired. So who are they? What can we learn from these people, <laughs> both from um, an employee standpoint and from an employer or entrepreneur or boss or whatever standpoint? What can we learn? I was actually, when putting something together, you know, there's these little tricks where you like use like letters. And I, I've always actually been very fascinated by the letter I because it means so many things. It's the internet, it's information, it's this concept of I as well, you know, like we all learn that 
we need to move away from I and move to us and we and all that kind of good stuff in the workplace. And I was like, actually, I find more and more um, shifts towards being independent and individualized. You know, we went through this like branding and customizing anything yourself. We went to this era of individualization. But one of the key words for me with I in this generation that I learned from the most is actually informal. And it means that with some of the walls that have been broken down, I mean, today, look, I'm sitting in my T-shirt, I'm working from my house, um, you're sitting in your T-shirt, you're working from your house, and I hate to say it, but like Steve Jobs, Mark Shuttleworth, working, walking around with their hoodies and sitting in big board meetings. And I mean, the only time I've seen Mark Shuttleworth wear a suit was in that court trial um, with all the senators or whatever. But it's definitely become more informal. And I think the visibility of that informality is of the clothes because that's easy to identify. But it's also in other things. It's also in language. If we look at tools like Slack, it's informal. It's like, I'm just going to slack you quick. It's this concept of writing like 10 page formal emails or having this like formal agreement and everything is so formal. I think that's one of the biggest barriers that's been broken down. And, and hopefully with FlexiForce, that's something we um, certainly um, play into in that it's instant and informal to be formal and instant is really difficult. Like formality is almost not instant in, inherently. So informality allows you to be instant and embrace this new like way of working. And like in FlexiForce, just to give an example, we talk about like instant bookings, which is an instant agreement. Like you and I can have a WhatsApp chat and I can say, Hey, can you quickly design a logo for me? And you go, yes, how much? Five hundred and sweet. Boom. But that's often they're not seen as formal enough to have the trust that comes with formalities mm. in order to get paid. So how do we create trust in a world that's super informal and super on the go? So that's something that I'm, I'm really fascinated about, fascinated about and where I feel like the new I generation, we can definitely learn from them and what they've brought to the world, that everything is instant, informal, action. When someone says to me they don't know how to do something, I'm like, well, do you know how to Google? You cannot actually say you don't know how to do anything these days. Like, watch the tutorial. You know, people from the old world often comes into our environments and they're like, Who, who's going to onboard me? No one has showed me how to use the software. I'm like, have you watched the tutorial on YouTube? Oh, no, I didn't know I can. I'm just like, really? Like, Google is old now. You shouldn't still wonder whether you can Google something. Mm. You can Google everything. So, so yeah, it's, it's, we're learning from them, definitely. But I think... There's also a duality in that, in that they need to also learn from the value and the importance of having more formalities in place like agreements, just that clarity, that structure, the trust that comes with that. So it's about finding that happy medium where the two collides. I really like your approach in terms of viewing these different concepts because you like taking both ends into consideration, which is, I think, a very wise thing and a very wise approach to do because as you see both, you can sort of learn from both and blend both and get a, a better judgment at the end of the day. How old are these um, people or kids, our generation? I don't actually think it's age-defined. Oh. I, think, I think it's based on your... Um, way of like working. I think you get like 50 year old developers that have worked on the internet all this time and that have always been informal. Um, I think you have executives that have come out of like 
the advertising industry who are incredibly instant and more informal. And then you have youngsters who went straight into formal environments and um, they're not part of the I generation. So I don't think it's age defined. I think it's your, uh, your openness to um, do things differently and to, I guess it ties straight back into that self-learning. You, you're embracing the information that you have at your availability you as an individual are comfortable with taking accountability and responsibility and being independent. Um, and you are open to um, be in a more informal, instructive environment. Um, so we actually use a lot of these um, kind of characteristics or what we look for in people when we bring them into our world, which is incredibly like independent, and instant and informal. Um, it's very difficult to migrate someone from a very formal, structured, corporate 15, 20-year career into our environment. It's just almost impossible. It's, they take way too long and it breaks confidence and it's actually not a, a good process. I think it's so, like I said, very important that you, or so, it's such a nice insight to just see you taking both perspectives and then trying to blend that. And I think there's so much to learn from this episode already. And now I'm going to compact what we just spoke about and try like summarize. And I do that through the three impact questions. So meaning that it's three short questions. So I'm looking for three short answers. <laughs> so, and it's all, it's all going to, I think, summarize and bundle it together for us. <laughs> let's, let's see how well we can do this. Okay. So I'm going to give it one by one so you don't get lost. Okay. Question one. What is one small action that we can take right now after this discussion to sort of just in a way future-proof ourselves uh, for work or perhaps just start embracing technology straight away? Perhaps it's the people that are really struggling, like the people that are coming out of corporate much older and they are struggling. What is that one small action that people can just take that are sort of like technology-averse? Go create a profile on Upwork. I mean, everyone has a Facebook profile, mm. but so few people have an Upwork profile. And I'm not saying actually go and now sell your services or skills online. Maybe you don't want to do that. But I think go through the process of creating the profile. Just go to Upwork or Fiverr and create a profile just to see what it's like. That is, I, I didn't expect that. That is such cool advice because that's sort of just dipping your toe into the water. So that's so cool. And then what is one thing that we can stop assuming about the future of work? Because I think there's a lot of assumptions going around. That everyone is going to be a freelancer. I think just stop assuming that. Like, everyone is not going to be a freelancer. There are always going to be full-time employees. There are always going to be this concept of a, a company with employees and structures and nine-to-five. It's not going to go away. There's just new complementary ways to come alongside it. 100%. Makes sense. And then third question is, what is one characteristic trait that we can adopt today, like right now, to just become more flexible in today's world in terms of work? Believing. I guess I was going to say curiosity, but we already touched on that. I think one characteristic is to believe that you have the freedom to choose. A lot of people don't believe that they can choose. They don't believe that they can choose. You can choose. You, you can actually choose. You already have freedom because you do have the option to choose. 
Yeah, 100%. And for those listening, if you are listening right now and you are hearing these words from Annette, you can definitely start to seek or take that belief in for yourself and just start thinking about it because whatever you believe, you are going to sort of like find the results and the things in life that are going to support that belief. So try and adopt that belief. It's more empowering. It's more engaging. And it's going to definitely empower you going forward to do things differently and see the world differently and then sort of slot yourself in more powerfully into this world as we are evolving and creating different things and different environments and different work opportunities. So Annette, that's about it for the show. Where can people get hold of you if they want to learn more or just perhaps get in touch about what you spoke about? Perhaps they've got a company that want to get on board with uh, FlexiForce. How do we get in touch? Yeah, so you guys can just go visit FlexiForce.com. It's Flexi with a Y. So FlexiForce.com or you can just Google FlexiForce with a Y. And I'm also on we're also on Instagram, FlexiForce SRM. It's Supplier Relationship Management software, um, Twitter, FlexiForce, Facebook, FlexiForce. And I myself am on LinkedIn. That's where most people connect with me. Um, but also Instagram, N-E-T-T-Y-M-L. It's like my only youngster. Like it was actually my avatar on MySpace and it kind of just stuck all the way. And now I'm so attached to it. I'm never getting rid of it. <laughs> so yeah, Instagram or LinkedIn, those are like my two platforms where I communicate mostly with people. Cool. Thank you. If, if, uh, if those listening, if you want to get in touch, I'm going to pop those links into the show notes of this episode. And then we can just, uh, you can just go there and click on it. It's going to be, you can find that on the website or alternatively, if you're listening on iTunes, that will be in the show notes of that episode on iTunes, uh, just to get in touch with Annette and take the conversation further or start uh, partnering or doing business in whatever way and just start seeing what you can learn from her as well. So a net closing question would then be in the context of now future work, as we wrap it up, um, there are people that are still after this discussion, not going to believe in themselves. They are still not going to be courageous enough. What is your advice for those people who's just lost all the belief in what we just spoke about? Like they, they lost it. <laughs> what is your advice to those people? Um, I think someone gave me advice a long time ago that, you just have to take one small action and it doesn't actually even have to be towards the goal that you set for yourself. It's just about doing something different every day, whether it's just like putting a different toothpaste on your toothbrush and doing it and succeeding at it and realizing everything's going to be okay. I think that's the key. I think the first step is just take something and flip it around, do one thing different every day, challenge yourself to a 30 day exercise where every day you do something different, take a different route to work, um, buy a different brand, go to a different restaurant, um, go online and search for something new every day, learn a new word, just take action to do something different every day. I think that's the core that kind of starts building that belief that you can actually do anything if you just try it. So um, challenge yourself with the small basic things to just do something different. Awesome. Thanks, Annette. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us today. And yeah, I just want to take this like few seconds to just um, acknowledge you for what you've done and how you are creating opportunities for people in the world to just engage with the world better in terms of what their purpose is and how they slot into the world and enabling people to be more empowered in today's world in terms of work. I just want to take the time to just acknowledge you for that and thank you and say thank you for the impact that I feel you are making in this world. Oh, thank you. I'm really honored. Thank you. 
yeah, cool. You must have a good day and I'll be in touch soon. Brilliant. Thanks so much. And that is a wrap for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope that you find some sort of insights through these discussions. I really hope that you get some sort of, you know, uh, like a mind boost, some sort of like an idea. You know, I just wanted you to start thinking about the topics that we speak about. Like today, we, we spoke about the future and the flexibility of work. And I wanted you to just think about how you're going to use that going forward. How are you going to think about work going forward? and use what we spoke about to your advantage to now to now maybe go and explore a little bit further but yeah having said that just thank you once again for being here today thank you so much for listening and i'd love if you can get in touch with me and let me know how the episode went and secondly just uh share with someone else if you think something within this episode could impact someone else or just help them think about work differently or just inspire them to start maybe looking for different possibilities in their workplace and in their workspace. Always want to move you guys forward in terms of your mindset and help grow that mindset to a place where you can start seeing both sides of the coin and just use that to your advantage, where you can get to the point where regardless of what's happening around you, you're always able to thrive and move forward and be strong no matter what happens, you know, regardless of what the situation is or what the world is offering you or throwing your way at that stage in life. But yeah, so that's about it for now. Uh, like I said, get in touch, uh, let me know how it was and also just share the post with someone else. You never know how you can impact someone else's life. So having said that, I will see you guys in the next episode of Exploring Possibility. And once again, like always, don't be afraid to go and explore and find that possibility. Cheers, guys.